If you reflect and if you think of where he's brought you from and what he has done for you and where he picked you up from and, and, and certainly maybe even if he hadn't have picked you up where you would be at today. You've got to say, I love you too much to fail you now. Let's sing it together. I love too much to morning could you just reaffirm it to him oh I love you Lord I'm thankful for what you've done for me thankful for where you brought me from oh Lord Jesus where would I be if it had not been for you oh God I'm thankful this morning I thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you worship team for helping us sing that song this morning You can be seated. I am going to apologize for the groggy voice this morning. I don't know. Seems like since I had COVID, I'm always having to cough and hack and clear my throat. I don't have a text to begin with this morning. I'm going to reference some scriptures along the way. But uh, I was working outside about a week or so ago on a Saturday. And I had my phone, had some ministering website playing on my phone. 
And I heard a story that caught my attention. In this story, it is a real-life story. It is of a woman who was born back in the early 70s. And this young lady, she was born into a home that perhaps was not the best home life, did not provide her with the best home life. It was was a broken home. Parents at some point had divorced. And her father, and I, I say this because I think it illustrates, it's going to illustrate later on in her story of the effect that this had on her, but her father, uh, he goes on to marry a lady who was a professional stripper. She did, despite not having the best upbringing, she did have some good qualities in her adolescent years and her, particularly her teenage years. She became involved in the local youth club and she was a activities leader for that youth club. And she was a volleyball coach. She refereed volleyball as well and she was an exchange student through her school. But in her early 20s, things began to change. And there began to be a rebelliousness that began to creep into her life. And she began to do things that she should not be doing. She started hanging out with the wrong crowd. When you hang out with the wrong crowd, you know that good things really cannot, really don't come about and don't happen when you begin to hang out with the wrong people. And she became involved with drugs. And then it wasn't long until she was involved into a relationship with a man who was a convicted felon. And out of that relationship, she became a single mother. One day, she attended a party at a music festival. And it was there, at that party, at that music festival, that she met a particular young man. And while there might have been some chemistry, so to speak, between the two of them and that encounter, they left the party and they parted ways and nothing really more came of that encounter. But then a few years pass and once again they, their paths cross. And this time things begins to evolve. There was a drawing between the two of them, between this young lady and this young man, and out of that, a relationship began to blossom. When word got out, when things really began to get serious between the two of them, and word began to get out to the young man's family, the family tried to discourage him. She's not the girl for you. She is not the woman that you need to marry. She's not somebody that you need to have in your life. She's got a reputation. She's been around. She is, has been involved in drugs, and she is a single parent. She has had a child out of wedlock. She is not the poster girl of what a good life is supposed to look like. 
But there was something about this young lady. Something drew this young man. He could not leave her alone. He saw something in her that he wanted, that he liked, that that he wanted her to be his wife. And so it's not very long until they become engaged. And then on August 25th of 2001, they were married. And she became her royal highness, the crown princess of Norway. All because a crown prince saw something in her that others did not see. When others saw trouble, when others saw problems and, 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 and a, a troubled past, when others saw less, a less than desirable young lady, he saw something beautiful. And he saw something of worth in this young lady's life. Something that compelled him to ask her to be his bride. I don't know about you, but I am thankful this morning that there is a God that saw something in me that others may not have seen. And others might have written me off. And others but said, there's no use. I'll never forget, after I did get into the church, I was, for those who do not know me, I was raised in the church, but I did not make a move to serve God, did not even pray for the Holy Ghost one time until I was 19 years of age. And I remember when I did Received the Holy Ghost, I remember Brother Scott, Brother Forrest Scott, testifying. And he admitted that every time he would hear my mother request prayer for me, he would think, there's no use. Too far gone. But I thank God that he saw something beautiful in me. Why don't you just lift your hands right now, and why don't you just thank him for that? Amen. If you have his spirit living and dwelling within you this morning, if he picked you up and he put you, uh, amen, in the truth, oh God, if he picked you up out of the miry clay of this world, I'm thankful today, God, for what you've done for me, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he saw something <clears throat> in this young lady that compelled him to ask her to be his bride. And you may be here today, there may be somebody here this morning that this message resonates with, and you might find yourself in brokenness. And you might be somebody here this morning that society has used you. And society has discarded you. When, when society uses a person and consumes everything that they are worth, and then there's nothing left, society will then discard you. 
They're just, they're just, society is just out for what they can get out of you. Your friends, you might have some friends, you might have some drinking buddies out there in the world, but usually this is how it works. You're their friends because you provide the booze, but when you run out of money and you're not the provider of the booze, they're no longer your friends. That's just the way that game works. And so there might be people who feel like they are wrote off, that you are just, have been, society has written you off as worthless this morning. But I'm here to tell you this morning that I know a God in heaven who sees you. Amen. I'm telling you that there is a God in heaven this morning that he sees your brokenness. Amen. He knows you by name. He's got the hairs on your head numbered. He knows you inside. He knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. I'm telling you, I know a God this morning uh, that'll pick you up off the ash heap of life. Uh, Amen. He'll give you beauty for ashes. Uh, He'll give you oil of joy for your mourning. Uh, He'll put on a garment of praise uh, for the life of heaviness that you find yourself living in this morning. I know a God. I'm here to tell you this morning that we've all Everybody here this morning has a past. Some of us, our past is just a little bit more colorful than others. And the more colorful it is, the more thankful you ought to be that you're in the church of the living God. Paul said this, he said that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to list the things, the, 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 the sins and, and the unrighteousness that is not going to be found in heaven. Adulterers, fornicators, thieves. And he goes on and on. And, and he says, then he says, what I really like is, of which some were you. He puts it right where The rubber meets the road. So we've all got that past. But then he goes on, he says, But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. If you've got His Spirit living and dwelling within you, you are justified, you are sanctified if you've been baptized in His name. So the key... To this new life that you find when you are born of the water and of the Spirit is leaving your past behind. That's the key. This young lady's real life name is, and I, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, her name is Met Merritt. Marit, maybe. And so as this young couple announced their engagement, you can imagine the frenzy that the press launched into. We see it with the, all the royals over in Great Britain. They, they, they frenzy and they feed on it to the point that they almost destroy the people's lives. 
And so you can imagine how that the press began to print and to put out how that this young lady, she's not the right person for this prince. And they begin to basically air her laundry out in the media. All the things that she's done wrong. All the things and all the places she's been that she should not have been and all the people that she has been associated with that she should not have been associated with. They're airing that laundry for the world to see. So she has a press conference. She calls a press conference just before their wedding. And in this press conference, she doesn't try to justify herself. She doesn't try to make excuses. She owns up to her past. And she says, I am sorry. I have made some bad decisions. I have made some bad choices. And she says, if I could go back and if I could do things all over, and oh, how that all of us here could raise our hands to that, that if we could just go back and if we could just do some things differently, we would do it in a heartbeat. And she said, what's done is done. I can't undo what I have done in the past. All that I can do is put it behind me. And she ends the press conference with this request of the press. I ask you to please leave my past alone. I'm here to tell you, if you are going to serve God and if you're going to live for God, you have got to put your past behind you. You have got to lock it away. You've got to leave it alone. You can't even give it a second glance. When you went down in this watery grave, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you buried your old nature. It's buried. It went down in a grave. Paul said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That's your old man. That's your old nature. That's the things that you used to do. The person that you used to be uh, before you come to God. He said, old things are passed away. Uh, Behold, uh, you are a new person. Uh, Amen. You are a new creature in Christ. Uh, I'm giving you a new life. I'm giving you a new lease and a new hope. Uh, Amen. I'm giving you a new promise uh, that you can live for. Amen. You were resurrected a new creature, so leave your past alone. Shut the door and leave it shut and do not look back. We see what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back. Now, I'm not saying that there's not times where you need to, we just talked about, being thankful for where God has brought us from and part of being thankful is remembering what he did for you. But that's where it needs to stop. You can't dwell on your past. When you begin to dwell on your past, I'm going to tell you there is nothing good going to come from it. 
Amen. You know, there's a good, a good and, and you may have heard this as a young person especially, and as I have gotten older, I have found out that there's a lot of value in this statement, but you may have heard or people may have admonished you, don't burn your bridges. And so in the secular living, there is a lot of truth to that, that you need to be careful that you don't burn every bridge out of a moment of anger and, 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 and just a, a snap judgment. Uh, but, but there, when it comes to living for God, and when it comes to separating yourself from the past that he brought you out of, and, and delivering you out of a, a very colorful past, uh, I'm going to tell you, that's a bridge you better burn. Uh, amen. There's, there better be some point in time where you torch it. Uh, amen. Uh, you don't need that pathway back to your past. Uh, amen. Going back cannot be an option if you're going to serve God, and if you're going to be faithful, uh, and if you're going to be in the church uh, when he comes for his church. Uh, amen. I'm telling you this morning, uh, you cannot be, be looking back. Uh, you can't have a pathway plotted. Uh, you can't have an escape route out of the church. Uh, amen. It cannot be an option if you're going to serve God uh, with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. <laughs> History tells us that in 1519... Hernando Cortez set sail to colonize the recently discovered Mexico. And on April 21st, 1519, he landed near the side of Veracruz. And history tells us that knowing they would face great opposition to prevent any of his men from retreating, he burnt the ships. He torched them. Ain't no place to go now, guys. You, you, can't, you, you, ain't, you, can't run, you can't go back and run on the ship and, and set sail and, and, and surrender. you got to fight. And there's going to be times where it will be a fight to continue on forward in God and not be looking back at your past. Amen. When I look around here at some of the gray-haired saints of this church and any apostolic church, Amen. I'm telling you, what I see is I see faithfulness. Amen. What I see is somebody that did not look back at their past. I see somebody that didn't just look back and contemplate. Should I go back? Should I just call it quit? Should I just throw up my hands? And should I just go back to that life? Amen. What I see is somebody that has been steadfast in serving God. Amen. And that tells me that in their walk with God that they did not have the option of going back. Amen. Amen. And so, for this young lady, <clears throat> one encounter with a young man who happened to be the crown prince of Norway forever changed her life. One encounter that picked her up out of the brokenness of her life, out of the degradation, took her from being just a lowly, normal person. 
working as a waitress in a local restaurant. Can I tell you, just one encounter with Jesus Christ is all it will take to change your life forever. He'll pick you up out of the brokenness of your life. He'll pick you up out of the quagmire of sin. He'll set you on a road that will lead you to a place that is bigger, that's more beautiful than any earthly palace. To mansions that he said that I will go to prepare for you. A place that he has prepared for those who love him, as he said. A city where the Lamb is the light. No more pain, no more sickness, no more death. And he'll wipe every tear. A time when the former things have passed away. Anybody want to go there? When he called you to repentance, if you are here this morning and if you have repented and you have been baptized and filled with his spirit, when he called you to an altar of repentance, he called you to be in the church, the bride of Christ. Isaiah chapter 62, uh, we read where Isaiah pens that. He says, as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. In Ephesians 5, Paul tells us, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And so if you're in the church, he gave his life for you. And he goes on and he says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He gave himself for this church. But you have got to make yourself ready. We read in the parable, in the marriage of the king's son, when the guests finally are brought in and for this wedding, and the king comes in and he sees the guest and he spots one of those guests who is not wearing the proper wedding garment. And he pronounces judgment. Bind that man. Take him out and cast him into outer darkness. Jesus said this when he finished that parable. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. Can I tell you this morning, what you do in the space of time between being called and being chosen will determine if you are chosen to be in the bride of Christ.
I've often heard it said that when you look at a headstone on a grave and they'll have their birth date and then they'll have their death date and in between there is a small dash. That small dash represents the space of time and everything that you have done in the span of your life is right there in that dash. And what have you done to prepare yourself to be chosen? Have you put on the wedding apparel? Have you made yourself ready to be in the bride of Christ? That story of the ten virgins and music would come. I'm not very long this morning, but the story of the ten virgins, for most of us, of us here this morning, it's a very popular story, and most of us could basically summarize the story from memory. But when you take the time to analyze what is being said in this parable, you will see that Oil was a very important factor in this story. And oil representing the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And so in this story, they needed oil in their lamps. Likewise, we need the oil of the Holy Ghost in our earthen vessels. The five wise that were there, out of, the, out of the ten, five wise, five foolish, the five wise, wise virgins, they had their lamps all trimmed, burning, full of oil, the flame in place, burning, waiting, looking for the bridegroom. And this morning, I would say to you that you've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost burning. There's got to be a flame. There's got to be that passion. There's got to be that oil in your vessel. If you're going to be found to be in the bride of Christ. Met Merritt's story while it might sound like a story that is written in a fairy tale love story, the story of God's love is not a fairy tale. Amen. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. Because I am here to tell you this morning that Calvary was the ultimate act of love. We quote the scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. What if you took the, the words, the world out, and what if you put in me? For God so loved me that he gave his only 
begotten Son. He did it for me. The crown prince, as he looked at this young lady, and as he became more acquainted with her, he looked beyond her faults. He looked beyond all the things that people pointed to and said, she's not the one. And I, I, I can't, I'm not sure what transpired in this whole process between them, but perhaps maybe in their intimate moments, maybe she just confess to him and says, I can't believe you chose me. Uh, this, this, no doubt to her it seemed like a fairy tale story because she's just a lowly waitress that's just working in the local restaurant. And because of one encounter, her life was forever changed. And so I don't know, I just wonder, I have to wonder in my mind, did, was there those moments where she just... Poured her heart and her soul out to this crown prince, my love. Uh, uh, I can't believe that, that you, you, you uh, maybe when he slipped that engagement ring on her finger that, that, that set into motion that, uh, uh, that holy matrimony moment. Maybe in her, if she didn't express it, maybe she's thinking, I, I can't believe that he sees me of value, that he sees me of worth, and that he sees something in me that others have written off. I'm telling you, God loved you so much. He loves you so much now that he will look beyond your faults. He sees your needs. He sees the hurt. He sees the pain that you carry. He sees the shame that is attached to your name. But he's calling you this morning to leave it behind. Set it behind you. Set it in your past. And shut the door on it. And to forever walk away. Walk out of the darkness. He's inviting you this morning. Walk out of the darkness of your past. You're being called this morning. Now it's up to you. That space of time. Many are called. If you are chosen, you're, you're feeling the call of God. Now you're in the space of time. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to accept it? Are you going to receive it? Are you going to embrace it this morning? As we stand this morning, I don't know how this message is speaking to you this morning, but I pray that however God is speaking to your heart, I pray that that space of time finds you making preparation. Many are called, but few.
are chosen. And so this morning, I present to you a story of love. The ultimate love of a Savior. For God so loved me that He gave Himself. He did it for me. He did it for me. As they sing, I'm just going to open up this altar and if you're feeling the call to pray, if you're struggling with your past, if you've got some pains, if you've got some shame, if you've got some things that seemingly haunts you, I'm calling you to find an altar this morning and to pray. Put it on the altar before God. He wants to set you free from it. He wants to liberate you. He's the liberator. He's here. He's in this place.